So I'm sitting down with Paul Thrush, and uh, many of you know Paul and love Paul. Um, he has been uh, a pillar of the Welcome Ministry for quite some time now, uh, at least a year, if not two years, two years, three? Just over two. Just over two years. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, Paul's involvement on the Welcome Team. And as many of you know, he was in a cycling accident. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and so we're, we're going to talk about that. But let's uh, let's start out. So, Paul, it's so good to have you on the podcast again. And before we jump into the questions, you know, there are many people who know you, but there may be a few people in the church who don't know you and don't know your story. And can you share? So, can you share about uh, your background, sure. where you grew up, and how you ended up in Taiwan and your family? Uh, I was born in England. My family uh, left to go to Canada when I was very young. So my early education, university, etc., uh, was Canada. I started my working career in Montreal and went to Toronto. But I always had the desire to go to New York. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, to move to New York at the end of uh, 1980. And that's where I met Lorraine, and my wife. She was on a training program. Uh, we were both working at Citibank, and we got to know each other. And uh, before long, she had to go back to Taiwan, where her original assignment was. Um, we decided to get married very quickly. Um, and I'd been with my wife. 36 years. We have three kids. Uh, my eldest is married. Uh, he lives in London. My daughter just graduated uh, from university in the UK and she's working in London as well. And my youngest is a third year engineering student in the States. Um, how we came to Taiwan is a funny, not a funny story, but it's a family story. Uh, my father had Parkinson's disease late stages. In 2001, I was offered if I would like early retirement. My wife and I decided that we would take care of my father in Canada. So we moved the two younger ones with us there to take care of them. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a lot of time with him because he was late stages, so we had to put him in a, uh, uh, a home for his safety because he was heavy, we needed machinery to lift him. I went back to work in London with a friend. Um, unfortunately, during that time, Lorraine's father passed away. She had to go back to Taiwan to help take care of her mother. Um, Lorraine stayed with her mom for a year. I had the kids in London, England, and it was pretty difficult for all of us. But. We decided to move to Taiwan to help take care of Lorraine's mom. So the kids and I came. Lorraine was very worried we'd like it. After one week, <laughs> the three of us loved this place and said, you can leave, we're staying. And that's how I've been in Taiwan for the past 12 years. Um, I love Taiwan. I find it a beautiful place. I find the people very, very kind and interesting. I, I just find it a very civil society, so I like it here. Great. 
How did you become a believer in Jesus? Uh, it was probably about five years ago. Uh, I've been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And my wife jokingly tells me that uh, God knew I was exceptionally stubborn like the black sheep in the field and I needed a uh, calling. I'm not sure that's the right way to look at it, but I think we all look for some meaning when we face a difficult situation. And I found that I got great peace in devotional reading. Uh, Bible or Billy Graham or other people like that. I didn't understand it, but I felt that I was getting guidance what to do. So both Lorraine, my wife and I, were searching for, I uh, wouldn't want to call it a path, but different meaning. Lorraine was probably about six months ahead of me, um, and we both became born again. Um, and it was just interesting. As I said, it was, I found great peace when I read certain things in the Bible. I mean, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 23. And throughout a number of you know, years reading the Bible now, I find a number of other Psalms that give me the same type of meaning. Um, and when my brother-in-law, who had cancer, passed away, uh, he became born again again. Uh, just before he passed away and I saw mercy, saw love that God gave to him to help me through that period because there are things that happen and you don't understand why and I was very angry, bitter about what happened to my brother-in-law and I was lucky that I'd, I'd been a member of the Bible study group at the American Club for five years and I had brothers there that helped and explained the th you know, things happen that not God's will, but they just happen. And I've found that I've had a lot of peace uh, through different brothers and sisters reading the Bible. And that, and, you know, I made the decision, I guess, almost five years ago to, to be baptized again. And I think it was probably one of the most peaceful times of my life. Um, but it was good. Uh huh. So I remember right, Lorraine had a Bible study in the house, and I think you got invited to join. Uh, it was two of Lorraine's very good friends, uh, Annie and Grace, and they were Bible study. And I can't remember if it was when I was doing my radi uh, a radiology or one of my cancer treatments. And they were getting together to have a closing prayer. And I was sitting in the chair watching them. And they looked at me and said, would you like to join? And I didn't know what to say. So I said, yes. Um, and I joined in the closing prayer and it was, it was very beautiful. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was, it just made my heart feel peaceful, relaxed. But it was something I wasn't expecting or looking to do. It just mm -hmm. happened. I think God calls you. God calls you when he knows it's your time. He knew I wasn't ready for 60 years, and he called me. So there's always hope, uh, mm -hmm. even for people like me. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, and that's what I find very reassuring about faith. So that was, that was a catalyst, being invited to pray. Yeah, I think it was. I think... 
I'm not a smart person. Let's put it that way. I don't know why things happen. But God has a plan. And he leaves little breadcrumbs for you to follow. And he gave me enough breadcrumbs so I could follow and decide that I wanted to become Christian. What what led you or to the point where you said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. And I want Jesus to be my Savior. So from that, the invitation to that prayer and some of the reading, the searching, to how did you get to that point? It's a difficult question because I don't know. I just knew that I wanted uh, to be baptized. I wanted to be forgiven. I wanted to be belong. Um, I think the thing about Christianity that I see, I, I'm not sure if I'm right, it's a community of people. It's a community of love. And I felt great love when I ever read the Bible. Uh, when I went to the Bible study the American Club every Wednesday morning, um, I felt that I belonged. I felt secure in discussing things and not being judged. Um, and I think um, unconditional love is that way. And God is unconditional. And it takes it took me a long time to understand that. He doesn't judge me. He's forgiven me. He knows my sins. But I think He loves me no matter what I am. And I think that reassurance is very powerful. Uh, it gives me, you know, a cornerstone, an anchor, whatever you want to call it. And it makes me start to appreciate the things in life. When I go back and look at my life, when I didn't believe, I look at very significant events in my life. Is it coincidence or... Was he there to help me even when I wasn't Christian? And I'm, I, I'm of the opinion he was there. I might not have been wise enough to understand it, but I believe he was there to take care of me all the time. Mm. You mentioned the, your, the small group, the men's Bible study, and you've been part of that group for about five years. Five years. Yeah. Did you start going to that group before you would consider yourself uh, a Christian? Uh, oh boy, that's an interesting question. I don't think I was baptized yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it was part of the process of looking for answers um, and learning. I found reading the Bible in different devotional books um, was very powerful. I liked them. I, I found them very challenging. And I found the men's Bible study, for me, was a way to take the next step in understanding the Bible. I, I jokingly tell people that for the first two years, I wish there was an ABC uh, dummies guy for the Bible, because I didn't know what the gospel meant, uh, and things like that. And so for two years, I was searching for these mystical answers, which were right in front of me and very simple. So uh, I found the men's Bible study, I uh, did a number of things. One, it helped me understand the Bible. It helped me understand God. And it gave me a community of similar uh, aged individuals who were searching as well. Uh, I was lucky that you know Quentin and David were there at the start who are you know, very senior people or more senior people at Christ College. It always provided me with a very good answer. I was lucky that I met Pastor uh, Michael Payne, Pastor Michael Vanderpool, 
than you, Peter. Um, and I think all the different, well, I think all three of the pastors helped in different ways to encourage and keep me going forward looking for truth or um, looking for answers. How did someone invite you to the group or did you just see it in the bulletin? Can't remember. I think, uh, again, I think it was Lorraine, my wife, and her friend said you should go. And I think I asked Michael, Pastor Michael Payne, is it open? Um, so I decided to go one Wednesday morning. Uh -huh. so, so Lorraine was prompting you. And, uh, she was going to Bible study and she found that it really helped her with her understanding of how to pray, things like that. And I was still struggling with prayer. Um, and, I, and I still do struggle with prayer in the sense that if I, you know, I, I pray a lot for certain things, like friends who need help, things like that. And I always wondered, do you pray once or do you pray multiple times? Does it really matter? Those type of issues. And then I read a book on prayer, which changed the way I look at it. And it said that prayer is a relationship with your best friend. And that changed the way I look at prayer. I consider if you want a relationship, you have to build it. You have to work at it. And that's how I look at prayer with God. It's something that I have to build my friendship and continue to work at because it's a two-way process. As much as I want something and I want to you know, pray about something, He listens and wants me to do it as well. I mean, He knows what I'm going to ask for, but I think He wants me to come to Him and rely on Him. And that's been one of the hardest things I've ever found in faith, which is surrendering. I've always been very independent. Always, I could fix my troubles. I, w I would do this. I would do that. And I find surrendering into the Lord and having faith that He will take care of me. It's been one of the bigger struggles of that. Uh -huh. Probably for all of us. <laughs> so... You you mentioned briefly how the group helped you with your brother-in-law's cancer. Um, can you explain a little bit more about why that was so hard? Uh, I, I mean, it, it's hard, right? But you, you mentioned that, that you were fighting becoming bitter and angry. I think when something bad happens to somebody you care about, that you think it's unfair, unjust. Uh, I, I think that taints the way you look at things. I could not understand why my brother-in-law, you know, was diagnosed with late stage four stomach cancer, I think. Uh, and it was terminal. And I thought it was unfair. I couldn't understand why God would do that. And I said that in one of the morning meetings, or one of the Wednesday Bible study sessions. And Quentin's no longer here. He yeah. took me aside, Quentin Nance, and explained to me, God doesn't do these, these things. This is a function of corruption, sin in the world. God will take care of your brother-in-law or do something to help him. He said, but you can't look at it that way. So what he did was really change the way I looked at the problem. Um, and I think, I think we all need help uh, in certain situations. And I was lucky that Quentin Nance was there uh, I mean, there's David White in the group as well, and David is a very, very wise individual. I enjoy, you know, his company and his thoughts. We have a few others like that too. So, mm -hmm. 
I find the Bible study when I have trouble uh, is an excellent group to talk through. But I think now that I've been there five years with a lot of them, the type of friendship, um, fellowship we have, we're not afraid to share anything. And that's another thing that I think you find from community, Christian community, mm -hmm. the ability to share. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I want to ask, so you, you were encouraged by Quentin, uh, by David White, uh, that God, you know, wasn't actively causing this is, is something that happened. We, we live in a fallen world. Uh, your brother-in-law did pass away after, uh, I think, several months. Twelve months. Twelve months. Um, how did you see God at work in the midst of, of the loss, of the pain? I mean, the, the journey through his cancer. Uh, how did you see God at work? Uh, my wife has um, a younger brother and an older sister. Her brother David has two children, and he survived by uh, his wife. What we saw was um, Lorraine and I would fly to Seattle, more Lorraine than I, um, roughly every five weeks to spend two weeks helping David. I was there the second month of the chemotherapy, and we talked, and he was searching. I gave him my journey and the lessons. I think what you see is the love of the family when it comes together. Um, we saw the next generation of kids coming up, coming to Seattle, spend Thanksgiving there to make sure everything was happy. Uh, I saw David and May go to church. I saw different David at church, relaxed, happy. Saw a community develop around him too encourage them. And I think when I look at church, to me it's community. It's a community of people that share a lot of things. You know, share sorrow, share happiness. And I think that's what I saw. Um, it was just that unique element of care and community. Mm. And so going into cancer, David was not a believer. No, he wasn't. He became a believer during that 12 months that he uh, had cancer and passed away. And so that was, you know, this was an event, the small group, the, the Bible study really helped you to go through. Yeah, it did. And then you'd been in this group for maybe three years, and then you made the decision to start serving. Yeah, um, that was not an easy decision because I didn't know many people at the church, nor did I actually try to Which meet. is funny, because you probably know more people than uh, maybe anybody except me. Well, I used And to you may know more people than me. I used to sit way up in the left corner. I had my seat that I liked every Sunday. And I went there to listen to the sermon, to learn. And I guess I didn't know much at that time, because the more you read the Bible, the more you realize that, unless you serve and put into action what you know. It doesn't really mean that much. Mm. And then I think you started the uh, six or seven week uh, video series by Jim Cimbala. Uh -huh. And I can't remember the first one and the second one, which one of I met Marilyn. And the, you know we were talking around the table and she said, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I've been praying a lot about should I serve or not? Because I don't know. I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and said, 
would you like to work in the welcome committee or the welcome team? I said, what do you do? She said, we welcome people. And I said, okay, I'll try it. Came home and told my wife. My wife started laughing because for people who don't know me, I'm extremely introverted. I'm not very friendly. Yeah, nobody believes that. Yeah, no. Nobody at church believes that. <laughs> but I am very shy. Um, and I decided to do the welcome. And to be fair, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I've gotten to know a lot of beautiful people in the church. Um, I get to smile, shake hands, talk to them, how ask them how their week is. And sometimes I'm a firm believer that you can go to church not feeling great, but a smile, a handshake, a recognition that you exist changes somebody's life. I know it changed mine in the welcome committee. Um, and then I just started to read um, you know, about different things. And that, that reading was uh, stimulated by you, Peter, giving me a number of books to look at what welcome is and so on. And then we went on to Hillsong. And I realized that at TIC, we have a good family. We have a caring group of people that love each other. So I started to experiment doing things at the front door, like shaking hands, see if people would be offended. And I found out that people kind of shocked that I was going to do this first time. I caught them off guard. But the next week, it was natural. They liked it. And the third week, you know, they'd be shaking your hand. And I found that type of connection with people beautiful. I also find the connection with the little the little kids the best. They have the biggest smiles and the happiest. I enjoy, you know, that part of church. So for me, serving is a pleasure. It's uh, a gift that God's given me because it makes me so happy when I leave. It takes me about five hours to naturally come down uh, from the joys that I have there. So anybody who's thinking of serving, I would recommend it. Um, and just enjoy it. Um, I enjoy what I do at Welcome. I think it's probably made me happier. I think it's made me much more um, appreciative of the little things in life. And I think it makes me thankful for all I have. It gives me a positive attitude. Mm. Well, you've certainly uh, impacted a, a number of people at the church. And uh, what, what would you say to someone who would think, oh, serving, I don't know if I've got time for that. I'm so busy and I'm so tired. I don't know if, if I can serve. I never find things, I, well, I don't find serving a, uh, a problem because I, uh, what I find is that I get to give. And I think giving a gift is better than receiving a gift. And the gift that I get is I get smiles from everybody. And I don't think you can buy that on the street, the joy I get from that, shaking hands, talking to people. Um, so I think if you're tired, this will energize you. I think if you don't have time, ah, you'd be wrong. It's not a lot of time. But I think the joy you'll get from being part of a bigger family. Uh, Getting to know people who I think at our church are really beautiful people. I, I think it's an experience that I highly recommend. Um, 
Now, either or not you do welcome hospitality or whatever, that's a different issue. Um, but I recommend you try it. I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing hard about it. As long as you just want to serve and bring glory to God, uh, I think you'll find it great. Yeah. Well, you've been uh, you've been sidelined recently from the welcome team, and uh, that may be a, a mild way to put it. <laughs> so tell us, um, you know, that probably a lot of people don't know what happened. You know, they know maybe they know you were in a, a cycling accident, um, but what what happened? It was maybe two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, every Friday I ride with a group of anywhere from six to eight guys. I've been doing this for 12 years. Uh, people who know me also know I have a competitive edge. Uh, so I don't give in to younger guys. I ride as hard as I can. And every Friday we usually ride anywhere from uh, 70 to 90 kilometers. And we ride all over the north coast. Um, and I find it some of the most enjoyable times because I get to see the beauty of Taiwan from a different perspective on a saddle. Uh, I guess it would have been August 30th. That I was out with the group riding. We'd order a road about 60 kilometers and we were coming to a hill and we were descending. And I knew the hill was tricky because uh, it had a number of quick turns. It was also steep. And as I was going down the hill, I also realized that I was getting a bit quick. Probably too fast to control with another other riders. So I tried to brake and really brake hard to slow my speed down. And I noticed that my front tire, uh, I guess from the braking, the friction, uh, my brakes locked. I had no control. Um, which presented a different problem because I knew that I was going to crash. And the, the crash was inevitable. The question was, where did I want to crash? The right side or the left side? Joking, I said God told me the right side because the left side was a cliff and it was a long way down. So I tried to pick a place to crash into, minimize damage. Um, I missed it by about two feet. Uh, once I crashed, uh, I blacked out, I think, for a while because I had a number of different injuries. I had, uh, I'm not sure if I had a punctured lung or whatever. Yeah, you had at least one punctured lung. Uh, I thought you had two. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. So I had that. I broke my uh, shoulder blade. I broke, I broke a fractured seven ribs. I had a minor bunch of dents and dings and stitches they had to put in my legs. And I broke my uh, pinky finger joint. So I was lucky that I had my good friends with me who got uh, the ambulance to take me to, I can't remember the hospital in Geelong, but it was very good. And before the crash, uh, things flashed through your mind, you know, what are you going to do, how to survive? After the crash, it was funny, other than that I had trouble breathing, I was a bit of pain, I didn't have any fear at all. Because uh, I knew God was with me, right beside mm. me all the way through it. Mm. Um, and, you know, when the guys phoned Lorraine, they were really scared and panicky. 
And Lorraine told him, don't worry, he's fine. So I think God was there. Mm. I, through Lorraine, telling my, my best friends, my cycling friends, um, he's all right. And me, because I knew he was right beside me all the way. So we went to the hospital. They uh, put a number of stitches in my leg, cleaned up my leg because I had some deep cuts. They put uh, tubes in my side to help me breathe. And then I was transferred to Veterans Hospital. Uh, I couldn't have surgery for four days until my lungs had the, uh, the you know the minimum oxygen count they needed because uh, they were worried there could be complications in the surgery. And then I had surgery on my shoulder, my hand. Uh, I guess it was a week ago or two weeks ago Thursday. I can't remember. And since then, I just a matter of slowly recovering. Um, the hardest part is the ribs. They are sensitive. I probably have like 40 minutes of stamina. Then I get antsy and I have to move around because they get sore. But the beautiful thing about the body is the ribs will recover. They'll get into the right structure as long as I walk and stand and breathe, which I didn't know. Uh, and when I was in the hospital, it was I, I was amazed by how God designed the body. I mean, it heals, can be repaired. It's a miraculous uh, thing itself. And I think the other thing that I came away with in the hospital was I was thankful. Yeah, I'd had a bad accident. I could put that down to my own uh, personality problem. But I was thankful for the nurses every day helping me. I was thankful for my wife being beside me. And I think, again, it's it's funny. I think God gave me a gift when I was there, which was just to be thankful for what you have and appreciate it. And I appreciate everything I have, even what happened. I appreciate I'm getting better. But I think the most humbling experience was I was shocked by the number of people from church who would send texts, who would come to the hospital and wish, you know, pray for me. And I think if there is something that says we are a family, we are a unique family at TIC, that's it. We care about each other. We love each other. And I would just like to highlight and say thank you. Mm. Wow. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that was surprising for the staff when we came to visit you uh, was your attitude. And uh, they commented on me after, after we got back to the office or the next day. And I just said, what, what, what impacted you about our visit with Paul? And they just mentioned how there was no negativity, there was no woe is me, there's no I feel so bad, but they they actually came away encouraged. So we went to the hospital to encourage you and to express sympathy, and they f came away feeling inspired um, by your attitude and, and your approach. And I think, what, what is it that has allowed you to face this accident? And instead of saying, I can't believe this happened, I can't believe I have to go through this, and instead face it with gratitude and with hope um, and really looking at the blessings that God has, has brought into your life? Uh, I don't know. It's a difficult question. I think... I think my five 
odd year journey after I was born again. I've always tried to look on the positive side, to be thankful for what I have. Um, I know it's a mindset that I don't necessarily always do well. But I I think it's because after after the accident, when I was in the hospital, I did not feel alone. I thought God was with me. And I think I was very thankful for that. And it just made me feel grateful for everything I had. I mean, corny as it sounds, I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three kids. I've got a church that I love going to. And I was exceptionally humbled by all the well-wishers and prayers and things like that. And I think it's being humble about how people cared that I did something mm -hmm. like that and wanted me to get better that I was thankful. I just, you know, I don't know how to put it, Peter. Mm. Uh, you know, I had a crash, so I had a crash. That's life. Uh -huh. But it keeps going on and I... Uh, I'm just thankful for every day I have. Is there, you know, you've you've been spending time uh, laid up in a chair or in bed, and so I'm sure there's been a lot of time to think and a lot of time to pray. It, do you feel like God has spoken to you about this next season of your life? I think, um, I think with the rest, lets me read and I think I'm not sure if he's preparing me for something um, or not but I know that it allows me this freedom to spend time with him prayer more and I'll appreciate this time I have to be in his company um, I know Lorraine and other people have said that he has something for me because he, you know, he's protected me somewhat during this crash. Your head didn't get injured. Well, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> no, I I was lucky I had a helmet on. Anybody who rides a bike better wear a helmet. My helmet took a bad beating, uh, but I did not come out concussed or anything like that. I I think there is something I'm going to do. I don't know what, but I think when the Lord is ready to show me, He will. And I hope that I can do something, um, you know, to expand his kingdom. Mm. You know, in uh, in Buddhism and Taoism, uh, bad things happen because you do bad things. And, you know, th there can be this idea, well, if if something bad has come into my life, God has left me or God is not working. Uh, it's no use to follow God because this bad thing happened. Uh, but one of the things you said is this bad thing happened and you felt God's presence. You felt God with you. What would you say to someone who maybe they're going through a bad time? Maybe it's, maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's the breakdown of a marriage. Uh, maybe it's a dream that just is falling apart. Maybe it's a business that they had high hopes for that is actually failing. And they're questioning, is God really with me? Does God really care about me? Is this happening because I did something bad? Mm -hmm. uh, I know, you know, it's hard to 
every person is unique, every situation is unique. But if there's someone listening who's going through something like that, how would how would you encourage them? I don't think we're ever alone. I think we have doubts about our faith. You know, is God there or not? And I've had that. But the strange thing about this accident, I didn't have any doubts. I don't know why. Did I hear anything? No. Did I have a sense of security? Without a doubt. So I think when you face adversity, I think what you have to always remember is God is there. You might not know it. You might not see it. He never lets you go. And I had that strong belief. Now, is that reassuring for anybody else? I don't know. It's reassuring for me. Because I've had those doubts. But this one I had no doubt. I knew he was there. I knew he was taking care of me. Yeah, I knew I was going to suffer a bit. But that's to be expected. From my own stupidity, I guess. Um, but I know I was loved, Peter. And I think that's what got me through made me feel confident and stuff like that and I try and share the same story with my kids when they're you know my youngest at university who's struggling he's not Christian and I said you know I'm not going to try and tell you what religion is why you should become Christian because it took me 60 years to figure it out so it would be hypocritical if I tried to tell you after 20 but I said there are things that can't explain and I think there are times when we all need help and I said when you need help I said I'll tell you where I start Psalm 23 I said that gives me peace it gives me strength and I believe and I told him to do that hopefully he will you know, take that advice up and it'll change him but it, it's changed me mm-hmm. I, I think God's there I don't think he'll ever leave you uh-huh. I think it's how strongly you just want to believe. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite passages of scripture, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and you know, there's there's no story that God cannot transform yeah. for good. I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. I think that's why, you know, it gives me a positive viewpoint through this you know, episode. Um, it's meant to happen for a reason. I don't know what that reason is yet, but I'll find out in time. You'll show me. Well, we look, we look forward to it, and we look forward to having you back in the service and shaking hands uh, with people again, although it, it may be, a, be few difficult. Mo- <laughs> a few more weeks. Yeah, it's, it's stamina right now. I have trouble. I, could pro- I got 30 minutes where I could probably stand and walk and then I really need to just collapse yeah. and sit down. Yeah. So I'm probably maybe two, three weeks away. Hopefully, I'm going to try it. I think I'll try the Bible study first if I could do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Well, how can people be praying for you? Oh, I think pray for the church. I think pray for TIC. Pray for everybody there. Uh, I'm healing. Yeah, you know, a little prayer for little extra healing I would never say no to but uh, 
just put me in your thoughts every so often. That's all I need. So they can uh, they can pray for your ribs yep. to heal up and range of motion for your shoulder. That and would be great. Pinkery. Great. Well, Paul, I've really enjoyed sitting down and, and chatting with you. And I know people are going to be eager uh, to see you again on a Sunday morning. Well, I miss them as well. Trust me. <laughs> Sunday's just not the same being at home. <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right.